Hey everybody, it's Jasmine. We are in for a cool-ass episode this week. I have two people on the show talking about their sleep paralysis experiences. Alright, so I'm not gonna talk too long. I'm gonna get the story started. Let's go! stories uh, that she wants to share with us. Um, I just want to welcome her to the show and, uh, you know, give her the floor to talk about her experiences. Welcome. Perfect. Hey, thank you for having me. This is such a pleasure. I'm so excited. Thank you. So I will just start with my stories and feel free to ask questions along the way if you need any clarification. So it started about About five years ago now, um, it actually started when I moved into the condo that I'm currently living in now. Mm -hmm. And um, the first couple nights in the condo were um, pretty uncomfortable. Um, I would have night terrors or I would wake up um, and see spiders and different bugs crawling all over the walls. So that happened for about the first two nights and then the third night it was happening again. and so the the difference yeah it it was pretty scary especially um being in (laughs) a new setting Mm -hmm. it was my first time living away away from my parents too so a little scary (laughs) Mm -hmm. but the third night is when things got really scary um i woke up and again there were bugs crawling over the um the walls and then I see this older woman standing at the foot of my bed and she just starts laughing. Um, wow. Um can you explain what she looked like? Sure. So um it was a little hard to see. Um the room was dark and she was wearing um it sort of like a cloak, a darker cloak, so I couldn't see her fully. I knew that she was older, um Based on her voice, she had this, like, cracky voice, um, super eerie laugh, um, and she laughed and she said, there's entrances and doorways to this place that you're never going to find. 
And then she laughed away and walked away. So, of course, (laughs) yes, super spooky. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, I couldn't sleep the rest of the night because it it was pretty scary. And the next morning I decided to um, get some sage, get some holy water, and just cleanse the place. Um, And this was at the very beginning of me growing spiritually, so I was very new to even knowing what... Mm -hmm cleansing a space and um different energies were yeah (laughs) yeah i'm uh (laughs) sorry (laughs) yeah i was just gonna say um i had a really interesting experience uh when i lived in my studio uh this was when i it's about a year ago i think maybe two years now i had just moved in and i decided to take a nap and you know it was midday so sometimes like naps for me at midday means like i might have like sleep paralysis or something you know so i don't like you know it depends so um you know i'm laying there and i'm sleeping and then i wake up but i can't move and then there's something like sort of sitting on the couch and it you know stands up and walks towards me and it touches my side i remember that much and you know, I woke up from there and I was just really, you know, freaked out by it. But, you know, sleep paralysis, you know, can be really strange and scary, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's definitely spooky. Um, Yes, I mean, it is really wild what um, your mind sees and does during sleep paralysis. Absolutely. Um, so after I cleansed the space, um, things sort of just stopped. I didn't really think much of it. Every once in a while I would tell, you know, the story of my, um, I call them nightmares to everyone else. Um, yeah. Um, it's easier to explain that way. (laughs) It is. It definitely is. Um, but didn't really put much thought into it. And then maybe a year later, I started having sleep paralysis where I would wake up. It would usually be in the morning right when I needed to wake up. Um, Once in a while, it was a little earlier than that. And um, I wouldn't be able to open my eyes, but it wasn't like I felt like I couldn't. It was more the fact that I knew I wasn't in my own bed like I knew exactly where I was and it wasn't in my bed Mm -hmm. um and I knew that there was other people around me and I didn't want to open my eyes and wake up and move because I didn't want to wake up the people around me so I wasn't ever scared in these situations um and I'd be in different places like sometimes Mm -hmm. I would be at camp um there would always be people I didn't know or I wasn't familiar with. It's not like I knew who the people around me were, um, but I knew I was either in a safe space or I I was comfortable where I was at. Um, but I just didn't want to wake anybody up and it would take me a while to like <laughs> get mm-hmm. the courage to just open my eyes up and then I'd be like, Oh wait, I'm in my room. Right. Um mm-hmm. yeah. I but totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but in the meantime, I would, like, 
feel and hear people around me like breathing and stuff too so Mm -hmm. um it, it was just a different type of spooky um so after a while i started waking up um sort of completely so instead of having my eyes shut and just being afraid of the people next to me or not afraid of them, but afraid that I'm going to wake them up if I move and wake up and get up. Um, I would open my eyes up, but then I would see people around me. So again, sometimes I would see and I'd be in a different place or sometimes, and this is what became the norm. I would just see people walking around. So, um, Sometimes they would be in my bedroom, sometimes I would hear them walking around in the dining room and living room, and they'd be eating or talking. I could never quite hear what they were talking about. It was always, I, I can't say muffled, um, it just wasn't whatever words they were saying were not making it to me, and I wasn't connecting what they were talking about. Um, but I would definitely hear them um, and see them sometimes. They would be in my room and I would have somebody like come and uh, just sit on my bed and then also sometimes talk to me, but I would never have a recollection of what the conversation was. It's like I would forget it if something didn't happen. So that lasted for a while, actually. And um, again, I never got any negative energy out of it. I never... Um, I, I never was afraid of it or anything. It wasn't until I went and spent some time in my friend's cabin and had that experience happen. And in that situation, um, again, I wasn't necessarily scared, but I just knew that I wasn't familiar with the people that were there. Um, and the people that I would see when I was at my condo, um, even though I don't know them in real life, I, I just felt like I've met them before or I knew who they were um, and how we like interacted together. Very interesting. You know, it seems like you are like a natural, like when you go to sleep, you astral project <laughs> and you end up in different, you know, places, you know, sleeping and sensing what's around you, you know. Yeah, I wish um, I could do it more often. <laughs> I'm starting to learn that and practice that. So hopefully I can do it um, and be a little bit more conscious of it and remember it more often. Uh, because I am still working on trying to remember my dreams <laughs> on a regular basis. Usually I don't remember any of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a hard time recalling dreams if it's been too long you know like usually in the morning if you want to log your dreams you're supposed to do it right away you know like <laughs> yeah. um and you know me I don't really log them so I'll just go the whole day and I'm like at the end like what what happened again you know like it'll mm-hmm. just come and go so I totally understand yeah definitely um but those are most of my sleep paralysis stories um I mean, they were happening so often for, uh, it, it was about two years. Um, sometimes it would happen like a couple nights in a row, and sometimes it was maybe like two weeks um, between the different times. Yeah. So, awesome. Yes. 
Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, is there a handle you would like to let everyone know to follow you at, like an Instagram or anything? No, I am currently trying to be social media free for a little while. Oh, so that's good. <laughs> minimizing it. But when I'm back, I'll make sure <laughs> to share it with you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, you have a great evening, okay? Thanks. You too. Okay. stories uh, about astral projection and he's gonna explain some things he knows about how astral projection affects the world and sleep paralysis all right go ahead dominique hey um yeah so as far as uh sleep paralysis goes i've been dealing with it for like 17 years at this point since i was about five um I've, i've done a lot of you know looking into it, a lot of research and I, I kind of want to make sure that people out there understand that it's more common than a lot of people think it is a lot of people just don't like to talk about it uh and based off of the stuff that i've seen it can lead to other places like the uh, astral projection and lucid dreaming and stuff like that i've personally never dived deep into any of those i just have had a lot of experiences with sleep paralysis itself um and it's, I mean, it's one of those things that is, I just want, you know, to explain to people that it's not near as scary as it can, can seem. And it's just part of life that some of us got to deal with and mm-hmm. take it as it comes. Yeah. So my, my first experience, I guess, would be the one to go into. I was, uh, I was about five and mm-hmm. I, uh, I was staying at my grandparents' house as like a, a you know, a time to get away from home and stay at my grandparents. And, uh, I'd fallen asleep on the living room couch, which like if from the living room couch, you could look off and see into the kitchen, which was sort of an open concept type thing. And uh, I had seen what looked kind of like three people standing uh, shoulder to shoulder Mm. out of the corner of my eye. And I like wanted to panic and like jump up because it scared me, but I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. So I trained my focus onto him and I could see just these three, I'd say probably six to seven foot tall hooded people standing in the uh, the kitchen, just staring at me. And I could see <laughs> like indications of where eyes would be, but they just seemed to be like a darker version because they were pitch black and it just seemed to be like a darker black than they were. And uh, I, I wanted to panic. I wanted to scream and I couldn't. I just had to stare at them. And it, I mean, it felt like it went on forever and I remember just like this this intense pressure on me it felt like someone was laying on top of me mm-hmm. and uh I, I mean I grew up pretty religious so I was convinced that I was being attacked by something and uh thinking that a, a demon or a ghost or something had, was attacking me and it, like it was an intense panic um and I, I had no idea how to how to escape it. I didn't know what to do. And then all at once, it was like the whole world pressed play on itself. And I leaped off the couch in this, you know, cold sweat. And wow. it was gone. <laughs> I couldn't see them anymore. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was nightmarish. And I, I remember running straight to my grandparents and waking them up and being 
you know, I, I just saw people standing in the living room, someone like, please come here. And, you know, my grandma is irritated. It's like two in the morning and she uh, comes out there and she's not believing me that I saw something, but eventually I scare her enough that now she's starting to think there's demons in the house and she's starting ah, to think mm -hmm. we need to, to do something about it. So she goes and she gets a, a cross and brings it to me. And she's like, you can sleep with this. Just sleep in your room. Don't <laughs> sleep in the living room. That's funny. Yeah. And I mean, that was like my first experience with it. And I, I mean, it was terrifying. I had no clue how to cope with it, but I didn't see them again for like a really, really long time. Mm. Yeah, that's very interesting. You mentioned a hooded sort of you know, kind of entity, if you will, because when I was a kid, um, this actually wasn't during um, an out of body or sleep paralysis episode. I was very young, though. I was around three years old, uh, but I woke up to a very dark figure sitting at the bottom of the bed and its uh, hair sort of stopped at the neck the mid neck area and I always thought like all these years that's really odd and it makes me think now what if it was a hood you know right and like it is one of those things where you when you look at something you know you kind of just know like what it's supposed to look like but it doesn't look like that because mm -hmm. I like I I say that there was three hooded men but it really it was just like an amorphous blob that had three head-like protrusions coming off what I would assume would be shoulders. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it just kind of moved and wiggled in like this weird way, like its edges weren't definite. But like, I, I mean, it could have been hair, but I just say hood because like I couldn't identify anything else about them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, um, very interesting. But like, interestingly enough, those same three like, entities became like a staple in like my early adolescent sleep paralysis episodes. I would see them pretty much anytime I had it. Oh, do tell. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and like, so I didn't have sleep paralysis for, I want to say four or five years after that, like nothing too bad if I did have anything, you know, I did nothing that I remember. Um, but I remember I was, uh, I was in my room and I had one of those like neon clocks you can get at certain stores um, that like goes bright blue and mm -hmm. it kept me awake a lot of the time. And I remember I got up to go turn it off. And as soon as I like hit the bed, I could feel myself falling asleep and I like opened my eyes and standing there in my room was that same like three headed blob. And it, I mean, mm -hmm. it was, it was like a blast from the past. Uh, because they were like standing this time they were a lot closer because my room was smaller but they weren't you know across the house in the kitchen they were relatively close and it was that same sensation of pressure and i couldn't get up and i couldn't do anything about it goodness uh, but i mean and then they just sort of any and that was like you know that was usually the end of it they just stare at me and then it would be over and it would last anywhere from like 30 seconds to what felt like five minutes but you know with those kind of experiences like the the time isn't really easy to identify oh yeah absolutely and five minutes feels like an eternity <laughs> yeah yeah uh actually i had uh an episode of last year that i think maybe altogether lasted probably a minute but it mm -hmm. felt like i it felt like forever i mean i felt like i was stuck there was nothing i could do and i think it was the closest to like an out-of-body experience i've ever had 
uh, I was uh, <clears throat> I was laying in bed and I could I felt my neck was in like a lot of pain and I opened my eyes and I couldn't move. And at this point, you know, this is last year, I could identify sleep paralysis in an instant. And I was like, oh, I'm having sleep paralysis again. And I just kind of laid there, but I couldn't really see anything right. Everything was kind of, you know, fuzzy. Everything was really blurry. And uh, I felt like, oh, like the sleep paralysis is over. So I got up. And when I got up, I could still feel that my, like, I was disoriented. Like, I felt like mm. I was sort of floating, sort of laying still, but I was standing. And right. I, I, I couldn't, my uh, line of sight hadn't changed. Everything was still blurry. And I could see these two slits like these two white lights and uh I, I was like the pain in my neck was still there and I remember I, I I got up off the bed and I like walked across the room and I fell and as I fell I sort of like fell back into my own body and came out of it and became aware of the fact that I had never stood up I was still laying in bed and my neck was pinned against the uh the headboard because my partner takes up a lot of the bed and mm-hmm. had jammed me up there. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so it, it, that was definitely interesting because I had never had an ex- like a sensation that I would feel while awake affecting a sleep paralysis, like a sensation of standing or, or a sensation of moving or falling within a sleep paralysis. And that was a complete, you know, like put, it flips everything on its head when something like that happens. It was definitely interesting. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> uh, you know, it's one of those head scratchers, like, what is it really, you know? Right. Well, yeah, because you, you have this idea in your head of how to rationalize the things that happen and try and explain them to yourself. But then when something like that happens, you're like, I don't know how to rationalize that. I can't mm-hmm. make that, you know, a bite-sized chunk for myself to process. Yeah, it you know, it really sticks with you. And you know, for me, that dark figure that I saw when I was a kid, I think about it, you know, often, because I'm like, well, what was it, you know, Um, and with me starting the podcast and getting into shadow figures, it really just makes me scratch my head even more. Yeah, and I mean, part of that goes into like, everyone seeing similar shadow figures, right? Like, Mm -hmm. there's the some of the more famous ones are like the the hat man, or, you know, the like the the hands coming out of the floor or the old woman, things like mm-hmm. that. And it's why are we all seeing similar things if this is a unique experience? Right, right. It makes you think that it's all the same things, you know, and we're all in the same space, maybe in a different dimension or something, you know, I don't know. Right. And I mean, I have... Uh, and like, I wouldn't advise this if you have a sleep disorder, but I played around with like psychedelics and mm-hmm. on those, I felt similar sensations to sleep paralysis, like, and the depths of it, like those feelings of sort of escaping yourself and seeing through the veil type of deal. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe it's, you know, me trying to be like, I'm special. Like when I go to sleep, <laughs> I can see things. Uh, but it definitely, it's, it's a head scratcher. Like you said, it's definitely different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, did you have any more of the sleep paralysis experiences that you wanted to share? Yeah, um, by far my uh, my most frightening story had to be when I was oh dear twelve or thirteen. I was uh, again I fell asleep on the couch. I did that a lot because I watched TV to go to sleep, um, and I fell asleep on the couch and was laying there in the living room when I heard 
my mom scream. I heard her like a terrifying scream come from her and it jolted me out of my like sleep and right into sleep paralysis. I couldn't move. I couldn't function. I couldn't do anything. I could just stare Mm -hmm. and I could still hear her screaming. And then I started hearing the ice machine in the kitchen, like shooting out ice chunks, uh, very loudly, very crazy sounds. And then I started hearing my dog barking. And then I started hearing someone talking right behind my ear and all this, I'm just laying on the couch, right? And it's I barely lit by the TV, but volume is almost turned all the way off. And I am like looking around the room. I, you know, my head can't move, but my eyes are darting. And I can see someone standing at the far end of the living room. And it looks like maybe a little, like a little girl around my age, because I'm 12 at the time. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, she lunges and jumps at me and jumps on my chest and she crouches down with her feet digging into my chest and she puts her hands on my shoulders and like she leans down and I can see her face and I mean the best way I can describe it was she resembled um the the main character like the demon character from the ring I don't know if you've ever seen that oh. uh, yeah, yeah Samara I think is her name um oh my goodness. but she had this gnarled face and her teeth were black and she got really close to me and smiled really big. Ooh. And I could still hear all of these sounds going on around me and I can't move. I can't, I feel like I can't breathe. I mean, I'm just like in Goodness. sheer terror. Someone's standing on my chest and smiling at me. That is um, so creepy. <laughs> and then all like, she just climbs off my chest and then runs back in to like the shadow of the wall. And I kind of just pop out of it and... <laughs> came like I want you know I was worried because I had heard my mom scream so I run down the hall and I get to her room and realize she's out cold my dog's asleep uh there's no noises going on in the house and that the sound of my mom screaming that I thought had launched me into the SP was already an episode of sleep paralysis I was already in it and that was just what made me aware of it and mm-hmm. I mean, that one shook me up to the point where I don't think I slept for a couple days. And then I developed this unusual fear of uh, mirrors because of it. I was afraid that when I look in the mirror, I'd see that girl's face. Mm. Uh, and that, that lasted, I want to say, two years. I avoided making any sort of visual contact with the mirror. But I mean, and it was pretty traumatic, I would say. That one actually stuck with me for a long time. Yeah, it's haunting. Yeah, and I, nothing that like terrifying has happened since, uh, but that one definitely did me in. That was a, too much to handle, especially for a, a younger kid. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> but like, and it's uh, like on the. I'm sort. I'm sort of running out of like critical stories, but uh, like sleep paralysis is one of those things that's sort of mind-blowing because like we said you know so many people have it and they see similar things and experience similar things that it's become like this uh this cultural thing that you know hundreds of cultures have created an explanation for it and whether you want to go with the uh the more scientific explanation which is that we're all we all have poor stress management or, you know, sleep disorders or mental illness mm-hmm. that results in these things. Or if you want to go with the more spiritual side of things where it's like a demon or a curse or even alien abductions uh, are like as explanations for it. It's, it's really mind blowing. Um, Brazil has their own, uh, th- their own like 
demon that's supposed to represent sleep paralysis, and I might mess up the name, it's uh, Pisadira. And essentially, it's this demon that runs into the house of sleeping people and stomps on their chest. Wow. Uh, which, you know, that's how they explain the chest feelings. Uh, actually, the chest feeling is sort of like the basis of a lot of these these cultures' ideas because mm-hmm. you end up getting the uh, the Pesanta from Catalonia, which is like a, a black dog or a black cat that does the same thing. It comes in and it stands or sits on the chest of people. And it's meant to, it's supposed to like feed off of fear and stuff like that. And Canada, have, like certain areas in Canada have the uh, the old hag, which is really, you know, significant because that is one of the sleep paralysis, like shadow people that can come as the old woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but the old hag comes and sits on the chest of the sleeping people, which I believe Irish folklore also is how they got the succubus. Um and certain places just explain it as like there's just a spirit that comes and messes with you when you're asleep. Uh, Vietnam, Laos, China, they have different versions, but less named. It's just more of a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. But I always find that really interesting because there's a, a lot of spiritual explanations for it, but all of them follow sort of the same category. Something comes to mess with you while you're sleeping. It takes away your ability to breathe or it sits on your chest and it's it's very it can be very traumatic, but it's created these like huge stories that still stick around. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it is it's it's just really cool to me that there's so many people in the world that experience it. I mean, the sort of the statistics on it are anywhere from twenty to forty percent of the population has or will experience sleep paralysis. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I looked up statistics, you know, even while doing research for the podcast. Uh, and it's it's great. It's a high amount of people that will yeah. experience it, you know. I, I mean, I've seen some that like suggest maybe 50%, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it that much. I, I haven't met that many people that have experienced it or people that are openly talking about it. Right. But, you know, a lot of people experience it. So it it's, you know, let's say 30% of the population goes through this. Like, of course, it becomes like this cultural thing where we create this story or these explanations that, you know, make us feel better about it in the sense that we can, you know, grasp it and make it something that makes sense to us. Yeah, yeah, like a phenomenon, um, you know, and everybody's documenting it uh but you know like you said in our society i really strongly believe that we don't talk about it enough uh or do enough solid research on it um to understand greater you know like the spiritual aspect is great but it it changes every other um you know spiritual belief you know uh there's things that align with it uh but you know it's usually different uh, you know, like different spiritual deities that lead the story, you know? Right. Yeah. There's always a different name and a different description, mm-hmm. but the, uh, it's, it's true. Like there's, there's all these different explanations and stuff like that, but yet it's still not something that's like widely talked about. And I think that even whether re- you support the spiritual side of it or the scientific side of it, it should be something that's talked about. Because as much as it, it's scary to tell people like, hey, sometimes I see stuff like we need to sort of get past that stigma of, oh, you have like this issue. So now you're crazy. Um, 
like it, whether you want to consider a mental illness or a you know a demonic attack, it's it's something that should be talked about and considered as valid and communicated. You know, it, it, and it one of the things that like really goes into sleep paralysis is how much stress you're under, how poor your stress management is, or how you know how little sleep you're getting, things like that. Uh, I mean. One of the things that I find really interesting is I was looking up some statistics and um, one of the most common things that we know is like eight, like high school age kids to pre-retirement aged adults generally are under the most stress, like Mm -hmm. globally, that's the standard thing. And the most common ages of sleep paralysis victims are the ages of 14 to 40. So the higher the stress levels, the more prevalent sleep paralysis is. And so it doesn't need to be this scary taboo thing when it's really just my brain isn't processing stress well right now and my sleep is so poor or I'm experiencing, you know, these nightmares that send me into these sleep paralysis episodes that I'm just, you know, I'm seeing a couple weird things and it doesn't need to be like a stressful, scary thing to talk about. And that's why I try and be open with mine because I'd like to, you know, one, let other people know it's common and to try and find out as much information as I can about it, because I, well, I don't 100% believe the spiritual side of it. I think it's important to understand that and maybe find out information that leads me more into that spiritual side of it. Oh, yeah. And that's another reason why I created this podcast. That's one of the whole reasons, because people want to know, you know, what better way to give it to them than to you know have people on and explain their experiences you know to know they're not alone with it right and that's it's awesome like i i've already followed i'm i'm a super big fan of i was listening to oh thank you so much first one before i started mine (laughs) um but you know and there's there's just like not a ton of information about sleep paralysis out there i mean any of the things that your podcast sort of covers like it's sort of one of those like niche parts of the internet that you have to find a community Absolutely. around. Absolutely. Which is like, I, I really enjoy the the sleep paralysis Reddit because it's great to hear other people's stories or uh, you know, people describe the things they've seen and to know, you know, like I had this episode the other night and it was weird. And someone's like, I had a similar episode. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. And it <laughs> feel, makes you feel better. <laughs> it's, it's really cool. I enjoy being able to talk about it with people. And I, I hope other people who are experiencing it hear this and, you know, don't feel so alone or don't feel crazy and just know that like, hey, you know, if, you, if you're experiencing this, like just accept that it's something that's happening and research it for yourself and find a f- group of friends or a community around it and everything's going to be all right. Like there's people out here who deal with this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm in the process of uh, trying to create like a community sort of uh drop down uh, on the website um you know that way you can log in and then have like a sort of like forum uh but you know that's something for the future i'm trying to build up to that right now uh especially since i'm only three episodes in right and well and that's you know you gotta start somewhere <laughs> right <laughs> it's it's, it's, just, it's cool though like it's, there's not a lot of stuff about this so finding a podcast that targets sort of the the interesting aspects of like our, our psyche when we're trying to sleep is, is really great because there, you know, for years and years, people have had the, you know, just humans in general have considered sleep as this like special period where 
maybe we dive into a different dimension. Maybe we're meeting parallel versions of ourselves and we dream. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for the people of us who sometimes get stuck in between being asleep and being awake, like maybe we do see the other other side of it. And it's it's just, you know, it's pretty cool to find a community around it because we can all talk about it, discover it, understand it better. So it's cool. Though. I'm, I'm super excited for where your, your podcast goes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, and was that all you had for the show today? Uh, I mean, I can just give off some information for some people that, you know, will help them diagnose it if they're experiencing it and mm -hmm. help them sort of rationalize it. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. So basically, there's sort of two categories of sleep paralysis. You have what's called hypnagogic. And that is sleep paralysis that happens while you're falling asleep. And essentially, you become aware that you're falling asleep. And during that, you'll start having um, a slew of different, you know, uh, symptoms that, that can occur. You can start hearing buzzing. A lot of people have reported buzzing, vibrations. You'll start feeling stuff, hearing stuff, and maybe seeing stuff, um, which is part of the sleep paralysis thing. And it's not common if you don't see something during your sleep paralysis. Don't, don't worry. It's still sleep paralysis, or it could be. Um, you don't have to see something. You don't have to hear anything. Sometimes you just get stuck in your bed. Um, and then there is hypnopompic, which is while already in REM sleep, you become aware that you're sleeping, which for some people can send them into a lucid dream, but for others, it can pull you out of it and get you stuck in the in-between of sleep paralysis. But again, it's the same symptoms you're going to be having. Uh, oftentimes when it happens, there is a severe rush of adrenaline in your system, sort of creates a panic, anxiety, terror, which uh, it's just kind of something that comes with it. The best thing to do is just breathe and remember that you're okay. Everything that you're seeing is just part of your brain. It's a manifestation of your stress, your dreams, your anxieties, and you just have to sort of accept it and it'll go away sooner. The more you stress about it, the more you panic about it, the more likely it is to stick around and happen again. Uh, and, you know, it can last anywhere from two seconds to 10, 20, 30 minutes. It just kind of depends on how your, your day was going that day, you know? Um, but if you are experiencing it, if it's something that's happening regularly or too frequently for your own comfort, there are some things you can do to try and alleviate it. Um, try and mitigate your stress. If you're dealing with a lot at work, try and, you know, compartmentalize it, break it down, make it a little bit easier for yourself to process, you know, try and delegate tasks to others. If you have that ability, don't try and take everything in on yourself. You need to just breathe. That's just life tips. So um, focus on getting more sleep. Sleep paralysis can also be a result of lack of sleep. So maybe start taking melatonin, maybe start going to sleep earlier. Um, try to avoid doing, you know, drinking caffeine before bed or doing anything too crazy before bed. So your adrenaline is low. Um, I, I don't have any judgment for people who do, but if you do use substances, they can also insight a sleep paralysis episode anything that has sort of a, an uplifting effect can create it um anything that sort of keeps you awake will do it and even things simple as simple as thc can cause you to have an episode it's just about you know finding the thing that might be affecting you and bothering you um in that substance and maybe tone back or choose a different time whatever you need to do uh and lastly just always take care of your mental health like Again, this is all sort of a, a big mesh of things, but you need to take care of your mental health. The 
where the worst place you're in, the more likely it is to happen. Um, 31% of all mental health patients have had an episode of sleep paralysis. So, you know, if you're dealing with depression or if you're dealing with, you know, various, you know, mental ailments like schizophrenia or anything of, of those natures, you need to, you know, find the medication that will help you or talk to your therapist or talk to your doctor about getting on medications that will help you. Antidepressants are great for sleep paralysis because they keep you calm and they help you sleep better. But there's there's a lot of options and there's a lot of people out there who are going through the same thing. So just, you know, take a look at your life, see what's going on, try to address the issues and hopefully you'll get some better sleep and not get stuck in between so much. Um, but that's, that's about all I have to say. That's, I think that's, that's me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I just wanted to chime in there really quickly. You know, um, sometimes even going back in to take a nap midday will throw you into a sleep paralysis episode. Um, I've had that happen myself. I've had that happen. Yeah. Uh, a midday sleep paralysis episode is weird. Cause you always assume, like, I don't know, my brain associates it with being in a dark room, but yeah, I've had it. Mm -hmm. in a a lit up room it's just it's sometimes it's unpredictable (laughs) very uh you know it really just depends yeah uh it's like the mix of the perfect chemicals you know like it's very interesting uh you know it's random as well like you know i know people that say they have it several times a week or some people have it every once in a while but still if they have it every once in a while they are affected by it literally every once in a while and people that have it often have it often. You just don't know when you will have it. <laughs> yeah, no. And I mean, I've had strings of period, like strings of no sleep paralysis for upwards of a year to two years. Um, and I've had times where I've had three or four episodes in a single night. It's, it's out of your control. Sometimes it just happens or your brain was just in the mood to, get a little crazy with you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) But uh, Dominic, it was so great having you on the show, uh, sharing some of your stories and also some of your knowledge on sleep paralysis. I really appreciate it. Uh, And thank you so much for being a part uh, of this little sleep paralysis and out of body and astral uh, and uh, what was the other one? Lucid dreaming movement. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you so much for kind of leading the movement. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. All right, everybody. uh, Thanks for tuning in and have a good night. That's it for the show. Uh, Make sure you like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. And if you have a story you want to tell us, go ahead and email us at sleepsnatchers at gmail.com. Thanks again. Bye, y'all.